touching places no one's ever been. It gives me the chance to live again. This must be amazing grace. This must be what I've been praying for. Cause it has opened up my heart's last door. Fills my life with love forevermore. By every tear it has erased. So if you're wondering why I'm smiling now. Why every tear I've tried is gone somehow Makes me remember how to humbly bow This must be amazing grace This must be what I've been praying for Cause it has opened up my heart's last door Fills my life with love forevermore. My every fear it has erased. So if you wonder why I'm smiling now, why every tear I've cried is gone somehow, makes me remember how to hug. This must be amazing grace. Amen. You know, I'm I'm really thankful for Doug and the guys. Jerry Bone came in and played today, and Jerry, thank you for coming. Let's give Jerry a hand. The Duck, six or seven time Grammy nominee. How many, how many times have you been nominated for Grammy? How many is it? Seven time Grammy nominee. I didn't mean to embarrass you, but you earned that, and we're thankful for it, that God's called you to this place. <laughs> He's a smart aleck like the rest of them, boy, I tell you what. It's so good to see y'all. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. 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 Well, if you've got your Bible, hold it up. Somebody last week was holding up a hymnal. I actually saw it. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for, <laughs> for doing that. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth. Transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, and if you believe it, say amen. 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 God is good, and he is transforming families. Amen? That is so true. And I want to remind you tonight, now last week we started something different, and I'm going to cover this next week in our stewardship meeting. Hold on, Shirley, don't go anywhere. Um, but we started last night uh, on Sunday nights, what we're doing after our classes and after prayer, we are, those that are left here are going to clean the church. And we're going to go through together. We assigned duties last week. 
And uh, we went through and cleaned this entire church. We probably had about 50 or 60 up here. It took us about 20 or 30 minutes. We had a good time, didn't we? Amen. I never knew you could have fun cleaning, and that's a gospel truth right there. I, but we really had a good time. Everybody jumped in, and we're going to be doing that because I believe that we're called to be good stewards. And I want to tell you something. This is our church. Amen. And I want to tell you something. As we get more involved in different areas, and, I, you know, I talk about that all the time, that this is our church. Well, now we're giving opportunities for everybody to get involved and make it your church. You know, I, I, I remember growing up and thinking, well, that's the church I go to. And, and now what I want us to say is that's my church. I have a part of that church, and that's, that's where my family is. It's where my friends are. That's where I found so many things out about God, and, and we all just take ownership. Amen? Shirley, you said you've got something here. Let me bring that up. Now, Shirley's been coming, what, for the last year or so? And uh, she's getting ready to move. This may be her last Sunday. Yeah. And, uh, and she's got a card that she wanted us to present. Now, do you want me to read this? I'm going to read it here. It says, with heartfelt appreciation, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. I'll miss each and every one of you. Know you're an awesome family. I wish I knew about you sooner. Because what little time I've been here, I really learned a lot about how the Lord loves and saves. And for that, I want to thank you. I will never forget you, and I will come back to see all of you. So once again, I want to thank you and everyone for all you've done. You'll always have a special place in my heart. Love, Shirley. <laughs> And folks, let's just reach out a hand towards her, and we're going to pray a blessing over her. Father, we just thank you for Shirley and that you brought her to our family for this period of time that she was here. And Lord, as she leaves this place, I pray that your hand would be on her, that you would guide her steps and anoint her path. That, Father, we send her forth with a blessing. And Lord, that you go before her, and you have already prepared her way. And Father, you're going to bless her. And we know that you have good plans for her life, a good future. And, Lord, we thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, a blessing on her of protection and peace. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Bless you, sweet lady. And we'll be praying for you and thinking about you. Amen. Thank you. I'll keep it. We're glad you were here. And make sure you get that Bible we gave you the other day. Did you get that? Okay, good. It's got a picture of me in the front going, hey. <laughs> not really, not so much. I like her too much to do that. <laughs> All right, a little boy was at his relative's house, and they had one of these big, huge family Bibles. You know what I'm talking about? I actually saw one yesterday. I was in town, and, and uh, this guy had this big, I'm serious, it was like that big. I opened it up. The first uh, date in there was 1823. I mean, this was an old Bible. It was actually written by Moses. No, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, this thing was old. But this little boy was at his relative's house, and he found this really old Bible. And he's thumbing through it and looking at all, you know, crackly pages. And this big leaf fell out. Somebody had put a leaf in there over time. And he lifted it up, and his mom was there. And she goes, what is it, Jimmy? He goes, oh, you're not going to believe what I found. I said, what is it? He goes, it's Adam's clothes. <laughs> And little six-year-old Angie was in church one morning. Her four-year-old brother was next to her, and he was gabbing and singing and just having a good time. When he shouldn't have been doing something, he was doing it, clapping, doing everything. And his little sister looked over and said, Billy, you have got to stop doing that. You're going to get us in trouble. He said, how am I going to get us in trouble? She pointed at the back of the sanctuary, and two guys standing out by the back door. She said, those guys are hushers. <laughs> 
Uh, final one here. There's a little boy that was staying by his bed one night praying, and his parents walked by. This is supposed to be a true story. And uh, he says, Lord, if you can't make me a better boy, don't worry about it. I'm having an awful good time. <laughs> well, we've been talking the last few weeks about my best friend. And, and the best friend that we have, the best friend that's been given to us is the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about that over the years, especially in the Christian church, the Holy Spirit has been misrepresented. We all understand God the Father. We all understand Jesus the Son, the Son of God. But when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, people start freaking out. And usually it's because he's been misrepresented by people. And so um, we've been talking about that that's not the case at all. Jesus actually said, it's good that I go so that I can send one to be with you. And the Holy Spirit's role in our lives is to come alongside us. He is our parakletos, is what the Greek word is. And the parakletos means someone that comes directly alongside of you and helps you carry your burdens. That sounds pretty good to me. As I've thought about that and I've studied the series and I've really, really enjoyed it. We've got one more week after this one. But I've really enjoyed what I've personally learned about the Holy Spirit's role in our life. And, and it's even gone for me, because remember, I was raised as a Methodist boy, and, and whenever I got around that Holy Spirit stuff, I'd go to my grandparents' house, and man, I, you know, hey, you know, and, and Kool-Aid, and I was scared somebody going to bring some snakes out. I had some, you know, I had some, some misrepresentation of what that was all about. And the truth was, it was just that. That isn't who the Holy Spirit is at all. And, and so I've learned that he's the one that Jesus said, it's good that I go so that he'll be with you forever. The Holy Spirit never leaves you. He is by your side all the time. And the word picture of parakletos is one that if you're picking up one side of a heavy burden, the paraclete is the one that picks up the other. He's there to help you carry your burdens. That is an amazing truth and an amazing fact. 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and finally, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Holy Spirit is to be that close to us. He is to be our best friend. Amen? So today what we're going to talk about are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to, to educate us. He reminds us of all the things that God's taught us. He's there to lead us and direct our steps. He's there to give us wisdom. The Holy Spirit's really there to help us in every situation. And, and I've started praying no matter what situation I run into, Holy Spirit, I know there's wisdom for this situation. Show me what I need to do. And he's there to come alongside and help us do that. But there are three specific gifts that we're going to talk about, and then I'm going to go into some others today. But these are big things. So if you've got your notes, everybody have your notes? You ready to go? All my note takers ready to go? Got your pencil sharpened? Well, here we go. The first gift that the Holy Spirit gives is eternal life. Eternal life. Now, the payment of sin is death, but the Bible tells us that the gift of God in Christ Jesus is eternal life. Now, listen, the only thing you need to do to get into heaven is have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the gift. And the other gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're going to talk about, you don't need them to get into heaven. The big gift, the one that's the primary gift, the one that the rest don't matter if you don't have, is this one, salvation, eternal life. And the thing I love about it, <laughs> the word picture to me is so clear. On my very worst day, and the scripture bears this out, on my very worst day, Jesus loved me. And Jesus died for me. And as I give him all my past, all my junk, 
he turns around and forgives me and gives me eternal life. And the reason it's a gift is because you can't do anything to earn it. You cannot, you cannot earn salvation. It doesn't matter how hard you try or how good you try to be. I was talking to, to Joe and Doug a little while ago, and we were talking about some of the meanest people I've ever been around are people that are, that are saved, but they're trying to just be so holy that everything they do is wrong, and they're miserable to be around. And that is not how it's supposed to be, folks. We're supposed to pursue God, but I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit with us, it's not a hard thing. It, I'm going to mess up. I don't try to. Paul talked about that. He said, you know what? The thing I want to do, I don't do, and I don't want to sin, but I do sin. How do I get out of this mess? Wicked man that I am. This is the Apostle Paul talking. Wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But he realized that fact. You can try as hard as you want to, and you can't earn it. But it's a gift. So give yourself a break. You're going to mess up. Receive the gift of eternal life. And as you receive that, the other gifts that we're going to talk about are going to help you walk a better life. But you can't earn salvation. Amen? And I'm glad for that. I'm glad that Jesus paid a price that I could never pay. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's an amazing, amazing truth. So the number one, the first gift is eternal life. The second gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to understand that the gift of the Holy Spirit is separate from the gift of salvation. This gift is in addition to that. Acts 1 verses 4 through 5 says this. This is Jesus talking. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I want you to understand this. Salvation settles eternity, but the gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit, helps us to, gives, and gives us the power to walk out our salvation and fulfill our destiny. You may want to write that down. The gifts that the Holy Spirit brings, the gift of the Holy Spirit is power, and He helps us to walk out our salvation. Amen? Does that make sense? Okay, let's move on. And the third thing that the, that the Holy Spirit gives, these gifts, are spiritual gifts. And that's the thing I'm really going to focus on today. These are spiritual gifts. In Romans 12, 6, it says this, For we each have different, everybody say the word, gifts. We each have different gifts according to the grace given us. We each have different gifts according to the grace given us. And that word gift in the Greek means charis. C-H-A-I-R-S. It's where we get the word charismatic. Word charismatic. And the word charismatic simply means this. And here, here's the word that charis means. It means grace gift. It's a free gift. So when we get these different gifts that the Holy Spirit brings, again, you cannot earn them. They're gifts that he gives you. They fr they're freely given to you. And each one of us is given gifts. And I want you to understand something. There are some people that don't feel like they have anything to offer. They feel like, well, I don't have any gifts. I don't have any abilities. That's not true. That's an absolute lie. Everybody has gifts, usually more than one. And there's gifts of leadership. There's about 27 gifts that are listed in the Bible, and I believe there are even more than that that aren't listed. There are gifts that God gives us, and these gifts are for us to use, and they're really designed for the equipping of the saints. They're really designed to bless the body, and we're going to go into that some more in a minute. So we have to remember that these spiritual gifts come in, and they're to be used in the local church. Now, the church at Corinth, which, which Paul set up, got 
was starting to have some problems with the gifts. Different people had gifts, and the, and the church got in, and they started having these challenges about what they needed to do with all these different gifts. And so Paul actually spent three chapters helping them get it straightened it out. Chapters 12, 13, and 14. And, and I want you to understand today, and this is important, there's a group of people that are called cessationists. Cessationists. And the people in, in these different groups believe that the gifts of the Spirit the gifts that originally moved in Acts are not for today. They believe that those gifts were only to be around for the disciples, and when the disciples died off, those gifts died with them. There's only one problem with that. The problem with that is that Scripture absolutely goes the opposite direction of that. And this church, what we believe is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. We believe that healing is for today. We believe that all the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives are for today, and they're still active, and they're still in movement. Okay? That's what we believe. And so Paul was dealing with this church that was having all these gifts of the Holy Spirit, and frankly, they were getting things really, really messed up. So he had to go in, and he had to help them get their gifts straightened out. Now, I want you to understand today, if I talk about the gift of mercy, that seems great, doesn't it? Or if I talk about the gift of prophecy, or I talk about the different gifts, but there's one gift that's caused a lot of problems over the years. Anybody want to guess what it is? Tongues. Wow, that took a long time for y'all to say that. Tongues is the, is the challenge that many churches, many denominations, I would imagine some of you folks that came from different denominations or didn't come from one, when you thought about coming to this church and somebody said, well, it's a charismatic church, your first thought was Kool-Aid, snakes, and tongues. <laughs> You know, people have this different thing, and they think of tongues, and they think of it being a weird thing. But I want to tell you something. It's not weird. And, and, and the different gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and the thing that I've been trying to show you over the last few weeks is that God, the Holy Spirit's not weird. God's not weird. People are weird. <laughs> right? So what I'm beginning to understand, if, if the Holy Spirit comes and he's this paraclete, he's this one that comes alongside me and helps me carry my burdens, and the scripture clearly uh, rings out here that he's also here to bring us gifts, then I'm going to assume those gifts are good. The Holy Spirit is my friend, and he's not going to give me something weird that's going to make me weird. And so that's a really good way to look at that. If God is good and the Holy Spirit is good and the Holy Spirit wants to give me something, then probably what he wants to give me is not weird. So just think about that today as we continue on. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Everybody say ignorant. Where I'm from, that's ignorant. We just kind of shorten it a little bit. But Paul says, look, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives gifts to each one just as He determines. Just as He determines. 1 Corinthians 14, 23 says this. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand or some believers come in, will they not say that they are out of their mind? And I want you to understand something. The reason that tongues is in the church, two reasons. One is to edify the believer. And the second reason, reason is, is for a, a word of knowledge, okay? And I said when I first came to this church that if I ever felt like somebody was out of line with tongues, that I would call them into my office. I've done that twice since I've been here. As a shepherd, when I feel like things are out of, out of order or out of line, you know, I call people in and say, look, I prayed about this. This didn't feel right to me, and I talked to that person. Because there are times that I feel like if people are in the flesh or whatever, here, here's my thing. 
Here's my thing. We're going to be authentic Christians. We're not going to throw stuff out of the Bible that's in there, but neither are we going to glorify things that are, that are not there for that purpose. And, and the reason that spiritual gifts are there, and I'm going to cover this in a little bit more detail in a second, is to edify the body and to reach outside the body and reach unbelievers. That's why the gifts are there. God does not give us gifts just so we can feel good about ourselves or get a little Boy Scout merit badge. Okay? And I remember growing up, Scott goes, oh. <laughs> but the, I remember being growing up and being around some places, and that's what it was about. It was like if you didn't have this, this gift or the other gift or something else, and I began to feel bad as a young believer because I wasn't having some of the same gifts that other people, and I began to realize over time that that wasn't right. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to different ones, and I think that is so important that we keep the gifts in order, but we need the gifts. We need all the gifts. They just have to be done right. And I want to tell you something. If there is one area, when you get saved, when you get saved, Satan's lost you. He's lost you. You're gone. But here's the thing. If he can keep you from living up to your f full potential, see, you can still, you can be right now, maybe your life is a mess. Maybe you're dealing with some challenges. You've made some decisions that have really hurt you. You're, you're, you're dealing with challenges maybe that you've created, but you're saved and you're still going to go to heaven. But if you have the gifts of the Spirit operating in your life, you're going to reach your full potential. And I don't know about you, but I've decided in my own life that I want to reach my full potential. I want everything that God has for me. I've really decided that. And I want to tell you what really nailed that down more in my life is when we moved here. You know, it was all out there for us when we moved here. We were really stepping out in faith in our life. But you know what I've decided? I would rather live like that than live conservatively and wonder what I could have done with my life. I want you to hear that. Don't live so conservative. If you know that God has more for you, and you know who you are, there's some of you sitting out there today saying, you know what, I'm saved, Pastor, and, and you know what, I, I love God, but I know I'm not walking into the full potential of who God's called me to be. And the reason you're not is because you're scared that God's going to make you do something weird. You know, I remember as, as a young Christian, one of my challenges with getting saved and really getting close to God is because I figured he's going to send me to Africa. Anybody else? I really thought that. I thought that's what you did. <laughs> I thought, you know, Dave, you know, I thought I was going to China or something. I thought, you know what, you get close to God and he's going to send you somewhere you don't want to go. <laughs> I thought that's kind of how it worked. I thought really, really godly people were missionaries over in Africa living in a hut. I didn't want to be that godly. <laughs> You know, I thought that's what it was about. But what I've learned as I've matured is that that's not it at all. God has a plan for each one of our lives, and it's good. The Bible tells us that God's plan for our life is good, and it's to give us a future and a hope. He has a good plan for you, and he's given you different gifts and different abilities to help you accomplish that plan. And, and that plan may be working at a bank for the rest of your life but and being a light for the people that are around you. That plan may be owning a, a title company, and when people come into that title company, you're ministering to them. That plan may be working at a legal firm, but you're having the opportunity to share the gospel, love people. That plan may be being a mom that stays at home with her kids and loves those kids and seeds into their life. See, it doesn't mean, God's plan doesn't necessarily mean he's going to send you to do something. It may mean he wants you to bloom right where you are. And I want to tell you, I was thinking yesterday, and I'm not going to say this person's name, but I'm going to write them a note. Because every time I turn around the last few weeks, th this person is ministering to different people in the community. And I'll have somebody in the community, they don't even know I know this stuff. 
I'll have somebody in the community say, you know what, I met with your member so-and-so the other day, and they sat down with lunch with me, and they ministered about this. This is one of the people that just works here in the community and just loves God, and God is using her. I'll just tell you that. That cuts 50% out. I'll let you think who it is. <laughs> but God is using her to minister to different families in our area. She is blooming where she is planted, and the gifts that God has put in her, he is using and she's not weird. And he has that same call on your life. And I think that's an amazing thing. I want to tell you, uh, Nick and Scott are my heroes. I called them Friday, and I said, I said Scott, uh, the school, Highland School District donated us about 500 light bulbs. Let's, let's thank the school for that, because they, they gave us 500 of those big old 8-foot lights. Now, the problem is, Dennis has been listening to me preach, and he's taking it literally now, where I said, Dennis, we are the light of the world. He goes, I got 500 of them, and you need them. <laughs> well, I figured, because I don't know anything, I figured, hey, Scott, there's a few light bulbs over there. I didn't know how many there were. Why don't you go pick them up? Six hours later, Scott's still picking these light bulbs up. So he calls Nick, and Nick comes over, and we're up there loading light bulbs. If you go up there and look, it looks like we robbed GE. I mean, it looks like... It looks like we knocked over a UPS truck with light bulbs in it. But, but we've got all these light bulbs in there. But that is an, one of the gifts is service. And you guys have a servant's heart. I called and you said, hey, we'll be there. And they spent up here six hours working on that. That's just working in the gift that God's called you to do. And it was fun, wasn't it? Even when I busted those three. <laughs> that wasn't the fun part. Sue was here. She probably thought we were shooting at each other when those things were going off. But, the, but what was so neat about that, Scott, is that God was using you and Nick in the gift that he's given you, just a gift to serve, and that was a blessing. See, the gifts are not weird. The gifts are just put in us for us to use in ministry and to bless each other. That's what it's all about. So if, if you look in and, and you look at all these gifts that he gets, you've got to understand that these gifts are gifts from a friend. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I want to tell you something. Satan has hijacked many people in the church by making them think that the Holy Spirit's weird. He has shortchanged people's growth in Christ. He can't stop them from being saved, but he can shortchange their effectiveness in the kingdom because they think the Holy Spirit's weird and they have a narrow view of his role. They don't understand what I've been talking to you about. And so their life is only, they can only grow this much because they don't know all that God has for them. And Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And I want you to understand this. If you don't hear anything else today, hear this. Paul said, if I speak with the tongue of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm not anything. The greatest gift that we have is the love of God in us. The greatest gift that we have to offer anybody is the love of God. And all the other gifts are going to fade away, but that love is the thing that undergirds everything. And that scripture that we read at the beginning of service today, where it talked about that we would understand and know the amazing, extravagant love of God. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us so that we could be free and, he, and rest, restored to God and have a relationship with him. And the Holy Spirit then follows alongside us to help us walk out our salvation and to give us gifts and abilities. He's the presence of God with us that helps us accomplish all that God wants 
in our lives. That sounds pretty good to me. That just sounds pretty good to me. And I want all that he has for me. Amen? So what are these gifts from a friend? Does anybody like getting gifts? Y'all like getting gifts? Have you ever been around, <laughs> have you ever been around, this is a little side note, have you ever been around somebody that couldn't cook but thought they could? <laughs> have you? And, and they come to your office or your house and they go, I brought that bowl of chili you love so much. <laughs> and you're going, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is horrible. But you smile, you know what I mean? I'll tell you something worse because I've been singing my whole life. Or being around somebody that can't sing and thinks they can. And, and you're like, oh, and, and we do that southern thing that we do. Bless her heart. <laughs> if you're from the north and somebody says, bless your heart, that's not a good thing, okay? It sounds good, but that's not what it means. Bonnie's going, it doesn't? <laughs> I wonder why everybody said that. That's a universal term for just about anything. Bless your little heart, you know. Uh, but but I, I know there's this pastor down in Louisiana, and he had this member at his church, and she would bring him, I don't know what it was, etouffee or whatever it was, and, and she would come to church, and she really could not cook. But he couldn't say no to her because he didn't want to hurt her feelings. So what he did is he went and bought a garbage disposal, and he named it Spot. This is a true story. He named this garbage disposal Spot. And she would come in and she'd give him the food. And on Sunday, come back to him, Pastor, how was it? He goes, oh, it hit the spot. <laughs> that is a true story. <laughs> and he wasn't lying, was he? <laughs> The problem with this is that many of us look at the Holy Spirit the same way. We think he wants to give us gifts, but we're worried about what he's going to give us. And we think, well, that hit the spot. You know, we're concerned that, that the Holy Spirit's going to give us something we don't want. And that's not true. So you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God has handcrafted you. Trisha uses a, an illustration in, in one of the, I think it's in the Amplified or one of the Bibles, that says you're uniquely made. You're a, what is it? A masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. Think about that. God knows your name. He handcrafted you in your mother's womb. And he laid out a perfect plan for your life. That is the truth. And every one of us, and some of you are going, well, Pastor, that sounds great, but I've messed my life up so much. How could I ever get back on the plan that the Lord has for me? I can't explain it, but I just know he does it. He can take you from wherever you are, and he can pick you up, and he can put you back on track. And that is an amazing thing that the love of God does. And the Holy Spirit's gifts that are in you, he custom-made you, God custom-made you, and the Holy Spirit has gifts for you to use in what he's called you to do. And that's not a bad thing at all. See, I have the gift of communication. Some might call it the gift of gab. When I get up here on Sunday, I love this. You know, I'm over there like a racehorse. Sometimes somebody will be singing, I'm going, I wish they'd just shut up so I could go talk. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just get so excited. I'm kind of like one of those horses, get, you know, at a rodeo. I'm backed in the chute. I'm ready for that calf. I'm like, just let him loose, boy. I'm going to run him down. You know, I, I feel that way. I get so excited. I used to not be that way. I used to be really shy and timid. I know y'all find that hard to believe. But I really did. And, and but now, because of the gift that the Holy Spirit's put in me, one of the spiritual gifts is preaching. 
And, and when God calls you to do something, he's going to equip you to do that thing. And that is such an easy thing. So if you feel like right now maybe God's calling you to work with children or God's calling you to be a greeter or God's calling you to drive a bus or whatever it is that God's calling you to do, he will equip you. He will give you spiritual gifts to help you accomplish the mission that he's called you to. That is cool. There's nothing weird about that. That's a good thing. So let's talk about real quickly. Let's talk about four things that the gifts of the Holy Spirit do when he gives them to you. Four things that these gifts do. Uh, number one, the Holy Spirit's gifts, his gifts are unique. The Holy Spirit's gifts are unique. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says this. There are different, everybody say different. There are different kinds of gifts, but there's the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Let me tell you something. When Trish and I came here, remember we told you what our driving passion was. And our driving passion is that everybody in this church would learn what your spiritual gifts are, and then we would plug you into a spot where you're using those spiritual gifts. And what is so exciting to me right now as your pastor is over the last year and a, almost a year and a half now, I've watched these gifts begin to come alive in you all. And there are some of you today that are beginning to walk in the gifts that God's called you. And here's the cool thing about it. When you're doing that, you're going to be more happier than you've ever been in your life. It's just like what you do. It's like, man, I love to do this. I can't wait to do whatever this thing is. And it's because you're walking in that gift. And so Trish and I learned, and I guess a little bit of it's selfish. <laughs> we learned that if we can find out what your gifts are and then plug you into using that gift, you're going to be happy. And if you do that with 200 people, you've got a really happy church. Isn't that interesting? And what's neat is God has this really neat plan for our church, and he called you to be at this place. And when he called you to be at this place, he equipped you with gifts that fit in this body. And when we find what that gift is, we plug you into that spot, and you start operating at your gift. And all of a sudden, you're happy. And happy people don't gripe very much. <laughs> Unhappy people have to talk to pastor, and he straightened them out. <laughs> But a lot of times, the people that I find complain the most, and this is the truth, the people that complain the most do the least. They're not operating in their gift, and so they're just doing this. And, and they're griping, and they're complaining, and they're undermining. But you know what? If you're, you're plugged into what God wants you to do, you'll be happy. I want to tell you, one of the ladies this week, she and her family had just been coming out for a few weeks, and she's already such a great blessing. She showed up this week on her lunch break, I guess, and, and cleaned the church. She said, I just wanted to come up and help. Grabbed a vacuum and got after it, and then left and said, thank you. <laughs> if I could get my kids to do that, that'd be like crazy cool. I don't even know. <laughs> but I thought that was such an amazing thing. She just wanted to serve because God is blessing her and her family. And she just wanted to give back to him a little bit. And I told Trish, I said, what if everybody in the church was doing that? What if everybody here was so thankful about what God's doing in their life that we were just giving? Let me tell you something, folks. There is nothing that we can't do. The backpack outreach is that big compared to that. Because when you get people that are happy and walking in the fulfillment of their calling and they realize that God's not mad at them and that he loves them, 
and that he's not waiting behind a tree to bump them on the head every time they do something wrong, but he died so that they could be free, and the Holy Spirit has gifts for them so they could fulfill their purpose. Y'all, do you see how huge that is? What if everybody in this church was, understood their gifts and was, we were all pulling in the same direction? What would happen? I'll tell you what will happen. This region will be changed. There are people that are coming to this church because they say, what's going on? I talked to a guy that's an executive in town this week. He said, man, I don't know what all you guys are doing over there, but keep doing it. And he goes to another church. Why? Because it's not complicated because I'm not complicated. The Lord said, let's pick the simplest guy we can find to go pastor this church. Oh, there's one. <laughs> and here I am. Because to me, the gospel's not complicated. God loves the world so much that Jesus died, and he wants us to have a good life and be free. And he wants to set people free around us. That's all. And the rest of it is us just walking life out together and enjoying each other and seeing other people come in and their families get restored and their lives get changed. That's it. It's not hard. It's not me trying to convince you of some theological something. It's just being in the presence. That, the reason we've sung the, the, that song the last four weeks is because I just flat like it. And I want to tell you why. Because when you encounter the presence of God, I don't have to say anything. In His presence is freedom and joy and fulfillment. And He's real. He's a real God that really loves us and really has a plan for our lives. And it's good. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Miserable religious people. Jesus called them vipers. I don't like snakes. <laughs> I killed a copperhead the other day. I went, Trish and I were out walking down the road. We actually walked past Lisa's house, and we were walking along. I had already seen two snakes on the road. On the road. I don't like snakes. They're the only things that really give me the heebie-jeebie. If I'm with you, and there's a snake, and I can get away quick, you may die, because I am gone, okay? I'm just telling you. I do not like snakes. I told you about that cobra tried to kill me in the river the other day or water moccasin, or grass snake, or whatever. I don't care. It is a snake, you know. And Sean, I'm sorry, bro, but I get near a snake, one of us is going to die, and hopefully it ain't going to be me, because I, I just don't like them. But Trish and I are walking along, she goes, hey, what's that? And it was a copperhead, right, right over walking down the middle of the road. Walking, well, you know. <laughs> Doing what they do, you know. <sighs> you know, I mean, there it was. And so I did... The compassionate thing. I killed it as fast as I could. I... <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't even know how I got here. I just started talking about snakes. Oh, that's the people that are around that don't want to be a part of what God's doing. They are. They're snakes. I don't like snakes. We're going to do what God wants us to do. And it's not hard. It's finding your spiritual gift. And so when you leave today, if you haven't taken one of those spiritual gifts tests, they're in the lobby, right, Cindy? Are they in the lobby? They will be in the lobby. <laughs> but we have spiritual gifts tests, and most of you have taken them. But you, if you haven't, just take it and sit down. And, and we've been doing the 101 to 401 classes, and that's so much fun. We just sit down, and you sit down with Trish and I, and we talk about the vision of the church and the mission and what we believe. And here's the other thing. I don't believe everybody has to go to this church. I don't believe that. Truth is, I don't want everybody at this church. <laughs> but 
I believe that God has called a certain group of people to come to this church, and we want to help you fulfill the call of God in your lives. Amen. And, and it's about learning your gifts and learning your talents. So if you haven't taken that test, take that test. And, and sit down with Trisha and I, and we'll help you walk through it. And we, we want to help you get plugged in. Amen. Number two. I got off on a tangent. I started thinking about snakes and freaked me out. <laughs> but I'll be all right. His gift, number two, his gifts, the Holy Spirit's gifts are needed. Are needed. The Holy Spirit's gifts are needed. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now all of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part. Each one of us is a separate and and necessary part. You know, one thing that excites me right now, I've told you that we're, we're growing at about a family a week. Bill and Corky turned in their membership today, and, and so we're going to be voting on them here pretty quick, and we've got some other folks that have to, but it just excites me, and part of what excites me about that is that people come in, and whenever they come in, they have gifts and abilities that God's put in them, and this church needs whatever gift and ability they have, and so we're going to find that, and we're going to plug them in. Isn't that awesome? God has made us all incomplete. None of us are perfect. I tried for a long time. It doesn't work. So I finally figured out that I need other people to complete me. My leadership team, bless their hearts, the guys, the board and the trustees, know I'm not perfect. But what I began to learn is that on our leadership team, those guys have gifts and abilities that I don't have. So we empower each other. And we begin to realize that if I'm not good at something, let's find somebody who is. And I encourage you, in your business, in school, whatever, if you're not good at something, that's okay. Find somebody that is. You don't have to know everything. And the truth is you never will. But we talk about in our society, and I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to be honest about this. I think we overemphasize the fact that we should all be well-rounded. We feel like, well, we got to be well-rounded. You know, my parents, and they did a good job raising my brother and I, but I was well-rounded growing up in activities. Educationally, I was smart, but I just kind of went to class to get by and see girls and play football. But, <laughs> um, but, but I went, you know, what, what my parents did, though, is they had us very involved in extracurricular activity. So here's what my week like, looked like growing up. Football game, rodeo. I'm the worst bareback rider in the state of Texas, probably am, uh, but my parents had me in the rodeo, and then we might be in the community theater on Saturday, and then on Sunday, I might be singing at church. They had us doing all these different things so that we would be well-rounded growing up. My, <laughs> my brother, who you guys will meet one of these days, when we were very young, my parents decided he was musically inclined, so they gave him a violin. Oh, my Lord. Let me put it this way. There were no bugs in our house. <laughs> My brother would play that thing and flat kill them all. they just die. You know, bugs would die, dogs down the road screaming. And then they had me doing art. I can't draw anything. If you're ever playing Pictionary with me and i got to draw something, you will lose. <laughs> I can't even draw a stick man and you tell what it is. Everybody's laughing, what are you drawing? I'm drawing a circle, can't tell what, you know, I mean, I just can't draw. It's, it's not my gift. So my parents had us doing the wrong thing. The gifts didn't fit. <laughs> it didn't work. But what I've learned is that each gift that God gives us are needed. The Holy Spirit's gifts are needed in the local body. Let me tell you something. You're critical to this body's mission. You're critical. Every part is important. Some of you say, Pastor, I don't have anything to give. In the body of Christ, I'm the belly button. <laughs> Somebody's got to catch lint. 
I'm sorry, Scott, I can't help it, bro. It just happens. That's not even in my notes. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You say, I'm the belly button of Jesus, man. I don't do anything. If we didn't have belly buttons, you wouldn't be alive. Everybody has a part to play. Everybody. And so no matter how gifted or talented you think you are or you're not, just remember that God loves you and he has a plan for you. And the gifts that he's given you are important to this local body. Number three, the Holy Spirit's gifts are fulfilling. The Holy Spirit's gifts are fulfilling. When you operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit, you feel fully alive. Right now, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I mean, right now, I'm energized. When I'm singing, I love to sing. I, I, when I was growing up, you know, some of you know I had record deal offers right out of college and all that stuff. I loved to sing, but I didn't like to preach or teach that much. So I'd sing and lead people to the Lord, and I'd leave. Somebody else had to do all that other stuff. But he began to develop that gift in me. So some of the gifts that we have, you may have gifts in you right now that are dormant, that he's placed in there, that over time he's going to unearth them, and you're going to begin to use them more. I think that's really cool. Part of our job is to help you find that and help you develop that gift. Because a gift is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more useful that gift becomes. But the gifts that the Holy Spirit are fulfilling, when you use that gift, you feel excited and you feel fulfilled. John 15, verse 8 and verse 11 says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I have told you this so that, your joy may, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. When you are walking in the gift that God's given you, I see Marty, I love to watch Marty sing. He comes alive when he's singing. He's a really, really good bank president, but he's a really, really good singer. And I love to watch Marty do this because he loves it so much. And he's alive when he's walking and he's using his gift. And his gift is a blessing to the church. His gift's a blessing to me. When you're walking in your gift, you're going to bless people around you. Amen? All right, and here's the fourth thing. Here's the final one today. And this is really what the gifts are about. The Holy Spirit's gifts are about touching other people's lives. The gifts are for touching other people's lives. Why does God give us spiritual gifts? Why does God give us the gift of music? Why is Doug such a talented musician? Doug's not talented so he can just play in a closet somewhere and nobody hear it. God gives him that gift so that he can share that gift. God's given you gifts not just for yourself. That gift is primarily for other people. Pam, the gift you have of healing... It's not just for yourself. That gift, that healing that's in your hands is for other people. Sean, that gift that you have of education and helping kids, that gift is not for you. That gift is for other people. Ronnie, your gift of knowing how to do everything <laughs> is not for you. It's to keep me out of trouble. <laughs> that's why you have spiritual gifts. Oh, yeah, and to help Christy. <laughs> but that's why God gives us gifts. I mean, God is, I mean, uh, we laugh about Ronnie being able to do, he, he can make an airplane out of Cheerios. I'm convinced of that. Raymond's the same way. He can just build stuff. Those gifts are not just for you to build. Those gifts are for other people to enjoy. That's why God gives us gifts. It's for, it's for everybody around you. 1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so that God's generosity can flow through you. 
I want to tell you something. When these guys get up here and they play instruments, their gift is flowing through that instrument. And when it's all in harmony and when everybody's singing good, doesn't it bless you? Doesn't it bless you when the music's right? But when there's discord or somebody's not playing right or something's wrong, it's, it's almost like somebody grating their nails across a chalkboard. But when everybody is using their gift and walking in unity, it's just like this band when it plays. It plays really well. And that's what God's gifts are. When we're all using our gifts together, it makes a beautiful noise. It makes a beautiful sound. When we get to heaven, and this is in the Bible, God's going to ask us two questions. So I'm going to give you the quiz today so you'll be ready, okay? Here's question number one. What did you do with my son? He's going to ask us, what did you do with my son? And, and here's the wrong answer. Well, I've heard of him. Or I went to church every Sunday. Or, well, um, I didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus because I, I thought that was churchy or whatever. No, the right answer is I received him and I have a relationship with him. And God's going to ask that question to each one of us. What did you do with Jesus? You're going to have to answer that. And here's the second question. And this will tell you how important this series is. He's going to say, I gave you some gifts. What did you do with them? You mean when I get to heaven, God's going to ask me if I'm saved. He's going to ask me what I did with Jesus. And the second part of the equation is what did I do with the gifts? Now, here's the deal. Here's the good news. If you've received Jesus as your Savior, you're in heaven. You're there. You're in. But the real question to me, then, is what about the second part? What did you do with the life that I gave you? The gifts that I gave you, what did you do with them? You know, I gave you the gift of singing. Did you ever use it? Or I gave you the gift of service. Did you ever serve the church and your community? I gave you the gift of, of business or leadership. Did you use that? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you? Wow. That's serious, huh? Let's bow our heads this morning. The definition of a spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together we can advance God's purposes in the world. A spiritual gift is simply a special, supernatural ability that God gives to each of his children so that together they can advance his purposes in the world. So now we've all got our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I want you to answer this question right now. I want you to answer this question. If you're standing before the Lord right now and he asks this question to you, and he said, what did you do with Jesus? What did you do with my son? What would you say? What would you say? Would you say you've received him? That you've received him as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe, maybe today you'd say, you know what, Pastor? I, if I was standing right there right now, I don't know that I could say that. I've never received Jesus. Well, we're going to give you that opportunity here in a few minutes. Or, or maybe you're here today, and you'd say, Pastor, I... I know Jesus, and, and I would answer that I've received him, but the truth is I'm not walking in the gifts that he's given me. There are things that I know that God's called me to do, and frankly, I'm not walking in those gifts. I've been doing my own thing, and 
I'm frankly, I'm just not fulfilled. And, and today I'm going to give you an opportunity to get your life back on track. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, you know, Pastor, I, I've received Jesus as my Savior. Pastor, I feel like I'm walking close to God. I'm, I'm trying to let him use the gifts in my life, but I'm dealing with some challenges right now. My finances, my family, my body, my children, my work, whatever. Just fill in the blank. And if that's you today and you just want somebody to agree with you in prayer, you just need somebody to come alongside you and agree in prayer today. And if that's you, I just want you to come down to the front. There are going to be some people up here that are going to meet you, and we're just going to pray with you. So if you're here today and you've got a need, any kind of a need, just come down to the front, and we're going to agree with you in prayer. That's the first call. You say, Pastor, that's me. I've got a challenge I'm dealing with right now. I just want somebody to agree with me in prayer. I need a touch from God. Or maybe you're here today, and you say, Pastor, you know, these spiritual gifts that you've been talking about, I know that God's put some in me, but I'm not walking in them. And today, I want to I wanna invite the Holy Spirit to use me more. I want to use my gifts. I want to dedicate myself to Him. I want to rededicate my heart to Him. And I want to let Him just use me however He wants to. If that's you, if today you want to rededicate your heart, if you want to really allow God to use those gifts, I want you just to stand up and come down to the front. We're going to pray with you. Say, Pastor, that's me. I've got some gifts in my life. I've got some things I want to start to use. If that's you, just come on down to the front. Say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Or maybe you're here today. You say, Pastor, I've never received Jesus as my Savior. And I'm listening to what you're saying. But the truth is, I've never even made that first commitment. I have never done that. But today I want to do that. I want to dedicate my heart to Jesus. I want to allow him in. If that's you, just I want you to just step out and come on down. And say, Pastor, that's me today. I need to do that today. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. And in your own way, just for a minute, I just want you to be real honest with God. And I want you to really look at your heart. I want you to examine yourself right now. And I want you to see, like the scripture says, are you using your gift wisely? The gifts that God's put in you, because you've got them. Are you using your gifts wisely? Is God, is God working through you in that gift? And today, if that's not the case, we're all going to pray in a second. And I'm going to lead us all in that prayer today. We're going to be able to just open our hearts up to the Lord and allow Him to use those gifts. So, Everybody say this after me today. Say, Lord Jesus, today I rededicate my heart to you. Holy Spirit, stir up your gifts in me. Fill me. Help me be the person you know I can be. In Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Well, as you leave this place today, know that you are a blessing. Know that there is something in your heart today that somebody needs. And as you walk out of here, everybody hold up your hands. Say, I'm the hands. Point at your feet and the feet of Jesus.
Go out there and act like it, okay? God bless you. Good set, gentlemen.